What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, August 21st, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the Rogue One at Gary Witter. Good morning. How are you? Good. I had a good morning so far. Yeah? I engaged with a brand. Oh, did Panda Express respond? They got back to me. Wow. Yeah. If you're missing this, Gary Witter, of course, making moves as he always does. I was at Panda Express. I was uh, at the mall over at Stonestown this morning grabbing a, a, a bite to eat at Starbucks. Sure. And you know, they've got all the other mall food there, but none of it's open because it's still early in the morning. Of course. Uh, and I saw, I saw the Panda Express there and it was, you know, it was lit up, but like obviously there was no food out or anything. They were still setting up. And I thought, oh, how great would it be if I could get Panda Express for breakfast? Yeah. But like, what's Chinese breakfast? Well, of course, that's dim sum. Okay. And I said, well, why didn't they do it? Panda Express should open for breakfast and do dim sum. Now, you do and like I, American dim sum or it's going to be like an egg dumpling, well, egg you know, sausage it's, it's dumpling? It's Panda Express, so it's going to be like, you know, Americanized Chinese. Sure. Okay, but okay. what you would get from traditional, you know, dim sum, but probably like a Panda Express version of okay, that. Okay, okay, Anyway, John Drake got back to me and said he thought it was... Uh, John he Drake ne- make- never agrees with me. No, no, He always comes not. in with a contentious view, but he well, said... You know how John he, is? He likes to think he's smarter than everybody. He called me a genius. And Panda Express responded. What'd they say? They said that would be something. Like dumb, dumb, like, I got uh, dim like sum. dim sum. Uh, that, would, that would be dim something. Uh, and so I don't know. Maybe I put a little bug in their ear over at Panda Express. You corporate. better get ten percent of every egg sausage dumpling. That gets I'm telling sold. you, either this one or my idea for a Twix with three cookie biscuits in it called a Thrix. One of these is going to take off. <laughs> Ooh, Thrix, that's tough. That's a tougher sound. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love it. You like yeah. that one, Kev? Thrix, yeah. I mean. All right, well, Kevin's your demo audience if he's fucking into <laughs> it. I'm telling you, I'm a billion-dollar idea factory. You sure are. I mean, yeah. Bookie Eli, that was the number one, and then there we go. Yeah, off to the races. We beat the number one movie in the world. Did you? Yeah, Avatar. We knocked it off the number one spot. Oh, I missed that. For one day. Oh, okay, okay. That's <laughs> fine. I didn't, I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, enough about Gary Witt's career. It's time to talk about games. Someone's finally going to explain Death Stranding to us. Game Informer uh, layoff details we have for you. And the Joker is in Mortal Kombat because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. You can give us your questions, comments, concerns, and everything else under the video game sun then tune in to watch us record the show live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you're watching live you have a special job go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games uh roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe i karate chopped portillo in the head portillo's here but as you know when he's here now his favorite he he has to look at me when i'm podcasting he does? Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. Like, in the, If he's in my lap, he'll look away from me, of course. Mm-hmm. But when we do it on the show, he always turns his ass to the camera to look at me. How interesting. He's a good I dog. would like to do the show like this. Anytime Just you want it. Just out on a, on, a, on a rug on the, on the, on the table. We here. got plenty of blankets look, here. staring at you. Here. Yeah. Look at you, Charmer. What a Charmer. <laughs> uh, housekeeping for you. Uh, we have a Batman Arkham Asylum stream Sunday. A special Kind of Funny presentation. Oh, wow. Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. It is the 10th anniversary. I'm guessing this has something to do with Barrett? Well, yeah. Yeah, okay. The 10th anniversary of Batman Arkham Asylum, a game I reviewed and put on the map. It wasn't going to sell without me. And Barrett. Sad boy Barrett himself. Big tongue Barrett himself. Mr. My Hero Academia himself, Barrett, is a huge Batman Arkham fan. and He's going to play through it with me at his side. Sunday at noon Pacific time. Twitch.tv such kind of funny games. What kind of shenanigans can we expect? How long is this going to take you, Barrett? Uh, 
So I play these games once a year typically. Okay. And I think the last time I actually timed myself on like an Arkham Asylum playthrough, it was like five hours on the dot. Okay. Yeah. That's are you trying to like speed run it? Are you trying to just blast through it? It's a leisurely speed run. It's like um, I just know how to get to everywhere like pretty quickly and right. whatnot, and how to speed through it as much as I like. And can just do the main campaign, right? Because there's like a million side things you can do. No, uh, in Asylum, the only real, the only two like side missions is Riddler like stuff, the, right? the Riddler stuff and okay. then the. Um, um, the uh, Amadeus Arkham stuff was right. technically tied to the Riddler stuff, so yeah, it's really just one like side mission. Yes, yeah, like Asylum was pr- not on rails, but it was the Metroidvania. Like you had to yeah. get stuff and come back and do stuff, but it all progressed. But the if plot. you know what you're doing, you can play the whole thing in five hours. Yeah, okay, that's cool. what he says. That's what I told my wife. If it goes longer than five hours, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Thank you, Barry. Uh, on top yeah, of if it that- goes longer than five hours, call your doctor. Okay. <laughs> Priapism. On top of that. Next weekend just happens to be PAX up in Seattle. We will all be there. And when I say we, I mean me, Gary, and Andrea. Uh, I'll be hosting a Guild Wars event Friday morning. That's not part of PAX. You can still come. Look up on the internet to get your Guild Wars 2 tickets. Uh, Then the Kind of Funny Game Showcase is Friday at 4.30 at PAX. Then the Intersight Championship. That's right. The Pear Schneider Cup is back. Uh, Close to, what, 30 of your favorite video game personalities are going to join me Saturday at 9 p.m. at PAX. Throw throw some names at me. Who are some people that are going to be there? Gary Witta. Well, Andrea Renee. Yeah. It's co-hosted by myself and Snowbike Mike. I mean, right there oh, tonight. Oh, I'm loving it. You love Snowbike Mike. already. Somebody just dropped out today due to a, a family thing. Okay. So maybe Snowbike Mike has to step up and perform. Okay. I don't know. You All know right. what I mean? I don't know All what's right. going on there. All right. Uh, uh, last year's champion, Rebecca Valentine? No, no, no. Oh, come on now. Okay. Rebecca Valentine, she's, she's going to be there. She, her claim to fame is that she beat me. When in reality, she didn't, but we let it go and we let it happen. All I'm right, not. Right. As, long as, as long as it's not continuing remember, to bother Alex you, Greg. Rubens, last year's champion. Oh, he, he will was be last year's he champion. He will be there okay. to defend his cup. Okay, okay. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of people coming right. up there. Don't worry. It's, it's going to be an interesting time. Right prior to that, I'm I'm doing a uh, Jackbox uh, party game. Well, yeah, uh, well, I, that, this is where I turn it over to you. Kindofunny.com slash events for everything we're doing at PAX. Gary, what are you doing at PAX? Because so, something happened after you were on the Saturday, show. So Saturday night, I will be competing in the Intersight uh, Pear Schneider Cup. Mm-hmm. Very. Uh, thank you for inviting me to that. It's a great honor and a privilege to be it. to be part of it. Um, <laughs> right immediately prior to that, and I think it's even in the same room. So I'm just gonna like stick around. You're the eight o'clock. Um, there's like a Jackbox party pack. Uh, pad, well, I guess they just play the game live on the stage, and sure. it's me, the Jackbox people. Uh, Kate Stark from Twitch, uh, uh, one of my friends who's a popular Twitch streamer. Uh, Jerry Hawkins, obviously one of the creators of Penny Arcade, like him and Mike, that's their whole thing. Yeah. And a couple of other cool people. So I'll be doing that as well. I'm a bit nervous about that one because I'm terrible at Jackbox games. You're I'm nervous bit, at that one. You're I'm, not nervous about the Interstate Championship. No, because a I, rowdy crowd. No, because it's a bunch signs. of it's a bunch of bunch of scrubs. I mean, you're a tw- you're full blown Twitch. No, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to do good. Like, my seven year old daughter kicks my ass at video games now, so I'm not expecting to do well gotcha. at the uh, at the championships. Okay, but you know, it's not about winning. It's, I, mean, I, I know you won't agree with this, but for me, it's just about having a good time. Okay. It's not whether you win or lose; it's how you play the game. Oh, okay, okay, I'm sure you don't. You're not down with that philosophy. I mean, as somebody who like, loses a lot, no, that's yeah. my philosophy. You, be, you better get down with that I've philosophy. I've been losing in life a you long may, time. You may as well come adopt a philosophy that fits your reality, Greg. <laughs> exactly. So I'm doing. Jackbox um, and in a site on Saturday night, yeah. and then on Friday morning, of course, this was announced. I'm, I'm sorry, this wasn't announced in time for last week's show. It was I'm announced curious. literally the next day. Yeah, uh, but I will be giving the uh, the keynote opening keynote address at PAX. Woo! 
Friday morning, 10 a.m., in the historic Paramount Theater, which I believe is like right across from the main Washington State Convention Center. That's awesome. And every year they have someone come up and, and give like an opening speech where they talk about games and, and their life the in games and stuff like that. Yeah, and they must have been very, very desperate. Uh, because they called me up and asked me if I would do it, and I said yes. Now, are I they mean, introducing you as Gary Witta from Kind of Funny Games Daily? That's the big question. I'm not sure. I mean, I'll give, I'll obviously give you a shout out. You better. Right? Um, uh, but uh, I wrote my speech. I wrote my speech. Uh, I first wrote my speech two days ago. Yeah. And then I, I thought I'm going to try to be funny, and I and I wrote what I thought was a funny speech. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, well, you never know. I mean, I think I'm pretty hilarious, but you never know what I other agree. people are going to think. Yeah. And so I, so I, I put, I, I, um, I got my wife and a friend of ours who's staying with us at the moment. And I, I used them as my test audience. Yeah. And I said, okay, check out my hilarious jokes. And I did. I went boom, 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 boom. I did like the first two minutes of the speech was like, which was Crickets. packed to pack with jokes. Fucking bombed. <laughs> Died. Just every joke just landed with an absolute just thud. Wow. And so I thought, shit, like I've got. Really to, selling people on going my, to Friday. And, my, and so the feedback I got was, look, don't try to be funny, just be you. Which is ah, like, what, what does sure. that mean? I'm not funny. Like being me is not being funny. No, you're funny naturally, but don't try to be funny. Sure. So I'm just going. So I, I re went back and rewrote the speech and took like a lot of the obvious jokes out. I took a bit of a cheap shot at you, which I think is you're it still in, in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay, that's still sure. that, that. That was actually the one that landed. That's what I'll, they uh, all went. <laughs> they, they said all the jokes were terrible, but the one the one where you took a cheap shot at Miller, that was good. Good. Okay. So everyone likes that. So that one's packed. Audience will like that. That one's staying in. Good. Um, and uh, yeah, so I finished it up yet last night, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of polish it up today. Nice. I think it's I think it's I think it'll be okay. I'm a little bit nervous. I've never done anything in front of. I mean, I, I speak at panels and stuff all the time. Yeah. But I've never done anything in front where it's just me in front of such a large audience. Okay. I think it'll be okay. That'll be awesome. Yeah. So it's, Friday, 10 a.m. Uh -huh. Uh, this, I've got the Saturday panels. The rest of the time, I'll either just be walking around, but I'll also have my little uh, my little table there, my little booth. Oh, you're doing the, a, you're doing a booth. I'm doing. I don't know what it is yet. Pack said they would give me a table in what they call the Bandland area. Okay. And Bandland is basically up on the sixth floor yeah, yeah. of the Washington I'm State Convention Center, right kind of on the landing area where the escalators come up, but yep. before you no actually go into the main convention area. So we'll be we'll be there with like some of the other like friends of Packs that like the musical acts and things that they sure. give tables that they can flog their albums and t their CDs and t-shirts. What do you like that. What do you what do you have to? Well, you have very good. I'm glad you asked me that question, Greg. It's almost like we. It's almost like we set this up before the show. Mm -hmm. Um, couple of things. You know, people like Space Rocks. Everyone's crazy for Space Rocks. Yes. Space Rocks is very much in the zeitgeist right now. A show that, yeah, I think you originally pitched on Kind of Funny Games Daily with Jared a while, while Origi back. No, originally pitched on the old Tested podcast years no, before no. Kind we're, of Funny I mean, even started existed. started it here. That's how we're going to get no, 10% no, it goes, of it. It goes, it goes back many, many, I think it goes back to about 2013 was when I first pitched it on the old Tested podcast with my friends Will Smith and Norman Chan. That's Adam Savage's website. Like, yeah, he has oh, a whole yeah, thing. Yeah. And, yeah. We do the, and we do the, I used to do the podcast every week. Um... So I first mentioned it there. I mentioned it, it was on, it, it is on an episode of Kind of Funny where Jared and I were, you know, when Jared and I host, like it goes way off the rails. Course, yeah. And so I ended up pitching in my, my game. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Space Rocks has been very popular. We sell the Space Rocks t-shirts on my website. Go to legionagary.com. You can buy a t-shirt. Hashtag making moves. Um, <laughs> and, and we've taken it to the next level. So the, ca the, camera, the camera's not going to be able to pick this up. But I'll, okay. So we have these little very cool uh, metallic... Can I do? Oh, oh, oh there you go. Oh, look at that. Oh, I've worn the Space Rocks oh, t-shirt I should give before. Kevin more credit. Um, you, uh, these are very glittery, very fun, kind of metal enamel 
uh, embossed uh, Space Rocks pins. I'm going to give the very, very first one to oh, you. Wow. That's for yeah, you. Yeah, right. uh, we've had a hundred of these made. Three of them got lost to the rampaging children coming through the house. They just stole <laughs> They're them. They're just gone. <laughs> you have that one. So we have 96 left. Right, I'm, um, I'm going to be walking around packs. If you see me, I'll be pretty easy to spot. I'll probably be wearing a Space Rocks t-shirt or the Twitch t-shirt. I'll have these on me. If you come up to me and recognize me and ask you for a pin, I'll give you one for free. Wow, yeah. look at you. Yeah, until they're all gone. That's They're cool. very limited edition. We're never going to make any more of those. Wow. So we have 96 of them to give away. Very cool. Very but that's cool. not the end of the story, That's Greg. not all. Oh, no, no. Look, Space Rocks t-shirts, Space Rocks pins. We have Space Rocks stickers. It's all happening. Year of Space Rocks. Space Rocks in the zeitgeist. Yeah. If, you, if, I, just <laughs> keep saying, if I just keep saying Space Rocks yeah. all the time, it's yeah. going to happen. So people were asking, when am I going to take it to the next level? Well, the answer is at PAX. We have a PAX exclusive. I'm going to reveal it here to you right now. Kind of funny. Whoa! Space Rocks is real. We actually made the game for real. We put it <laughs> in a box. Isn't it just rocks? Don't you just need rocks? Well, I'm going to get to that. Sorry, my apologies. It's real. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to bore you because we got to get to the games news. I don't want to have too much time. So, real, real, real quick. <laughs> real, real quick. I've got, we've got. We've got quotes from Greg Miller here. We've got famous. Well, I've got. We've got celebrity quotes. Greg very kindly gave us a celebrity blurb. Can what you what read did that? I say exactly? Um, whatever you do, do, do not, not play, play this, this game. game. Exactly. Which, uh, yeah, don't which, uh, support this guy. Yeah. Don't. Whatever you. I <laughs> mean, buy it, buy it. Buy it. By all means, just don't actually play it. That's my advice. Sure. Um, so, real, real quick, for many years now, I've gotten frustrated by board games getting too complicated, too many rules, yep. thousands I of agree. plastic pieces, lots of cards, the, 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 the instruction manual looks like a fucking phone book. A, f- a bunch of friends of mine played the Game of Thrones official board game a couple of years ago, and it was just a terrible time. It was yeah. the worst, because it takes hours just to learn the rules, it, t- it takes forever to play, just the worst. So I thought, what, what's the solution to that? Let's, let's go back to basics, let's make a game that has very, very simple rules. And I thought, well, how far can I take it? Well, what about a game that has absolutely no rules at all? Sure. And you can see here on the box, the fast-paced asteroid mining game that has no rules. So we actually manufactured this. My wife, Leah, designed and made the box. Uh, this is very much a co-project between the two of us. This is all real. You get an instruction instruction <laughs> manual. Well, I call it a manual. Here's the box. Very important safety information on the back. Uh, you get a timer, a, timer. Okay. a Space Rocks timer. Camera, poor Kevin trying to keep up with the, with the camera here. Um, as you can see, this, this fully works. The sand flows and everything. It's a one-minute timer. And, of course, Let me feel these rocks. the actual rocks. We have the rocks. Oh. You get ten of these. These look and feel like real rocks, but they're much lighter. They're actually made out of recycled plastic bottles. Oh, neat. So this is an in, this is an environmentally friendly board game as well. You're it's taking other garbage, percent recycled turning content. Turning into other garbage and just, selling just that like garbage all of my to writing, Greg. hundred percent recycled content. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, we have very, very late. The instructions basically fit on a postcard. That's yeah, how that. simple you got two, it is. You, you're, you got, and then, but then, and then we have a much more on. important safety information on the back. So yeah, your instructions are simple. You have one one paragraph on how to play. And I developed all new lore, mythology, oh, wow, okay. world building, well, yeah, all the storytelling yeah, yeah. there. And then a safety information. So I'm going to ask your safety you, information is far larger. Yeah, than, well, it needs to be. Again, the 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 first the, of all, do not. Wait, wait, wait. Actually, you're going to read the front part first. Space Rocks, you are a deep space asteroid miner trying to make a living in the year 3019. There's a lot of money to be made in those mineral-rich space rocks, but competition is fierce. And out here on the remote galactic frontier, far from any legal jurisdiction, asteroid miners have one rule. There are no rules. That's right. How to play. Scatter the space rocks onto a tabletop or any suitable playing surface. Start the timer. Once the timer starts, players must try to acquire as many space rocks as possible. When the timer expires, the player who's collected the most space rocks wins. That's it. Good luck. Have fun. Took you 30 seconds to read that, right? right? And I understand A minute to learn, 
a lifetime to master. Can we keep this for a party mode? Can we do a party yeah, mode of this? Absolutely. Uh, see reverse side for important safety information. Right. Now, this is the important part. Important safety Everyone information. Everyone has to read this. And in fact, I'm going to have people that come to PAX, because we're selling this exclusively at PAX, sign a waiver acknowledging that they have read the safety information, because this is the most important part. First of all, do not actually play Space Rocks. Space Rocks is intended as a physical... Uh, Philosophical, uh, philosophical. Philosophical. I'm an idiot. Meditation on man's inhumanity of man. And also a cool collectible. Space Rocks is for decorative purposes only. Three Lines Entertainment accepts no responsibility for any physical, emotional, or psychological injury or damage to property sustained as a result of owning, playing, coming into contact with, talking about, hearing about, contemplating, or otherwise having anything to do with Space Rocks. Do not actually play Space Rocks. Space Rocks could be a choking hazard, so do not attempt to eat, swallow, masticate, suck on, or otherwise orally interact with the rocks intended in, included in this package. Or the timer, or the instruction card, or the box. What are you, some kind of fucking idiot? Don't eat this shit. Do not let anyone under the age of 18 play with or touch space rocks. Do not let anyone over the age of 18 play with or touch space rocks. I can't believe I fucking have to say this, but I heard this story about how someone sued a cell phone company because she set one of their phones to vibrate and shoved it up her business, and it got stuck there. So, and let me be perfectly clear, do not insert any part of space rocks into any bodily orifice or crevice. Do not actually play space rocks. Do not throw or hit anyone with anything with space rocks. Uh, do not attempt to use space rocks for anything other than its intended purpose. Space rocks has no intended purpose. Do not actually play Space Rocks. For updated information, follow at Space Rocks Game on Twitter. Account may not be updated. So it's very important that you read that information. You're a psychopath. You like that, Kevin? I can't yeah, believe I, like I gave a you a platform, and this is what it's turned into. So just to finish up, Space Rocks will be at PAX. Come find me. $20. At your booth, we're right? only making, we're going we're gonna to make less than 100 of these. We don't even know how many we're making. It will be a minimum of 50, an absolute maximum of 100. Uh, they're going to go fast. Come find me. Be a part of history. They'll be, they'll be hand-numbered, a hand-numbered limited signature edition. I'll autograph for you. Nice. Autograph it for you. 20 bucks. Do not play Space Rocks. Do not play Space Rocks. It's right there on the box. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by We Have Cool Friends in Party Mode, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin, and I use the word loosely, this show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. This is a record 18 minutes. <laughs> Time for some news. Four items on the Roper Report. It's always in the comments. I love Gary. Gary can do no wrong. Gary's. This is the test. <laughs> Did you all love 18 minutes of Gary just shilling? I think we're I said I said earlier this is going to be a, this is going to be a major test of the power of my brand. If I can sell if I can sell people a bunch of oh, a, a box of rocks. Sell the, sell if the I can sell people a box of rocks for 20 bucks, I feel like the brand is strong. But we're going to find out. Number one, someone has finally explained Death Stranding as to what the hell you're doing in this game. It's Josh West from Games Radar. I'm making this required reading as well because it's a fun preview outside of the parts I'm snipping. <coughs> Josh. West at Games Radar says, I've seen Death Stranding at Gamescom, and I think I finally understand what the fuck is going on. Before you go any further, Greg, do we really want this information? Yeah. Don't we want Death Stranding to remain like what the fuck I is going really on? Like the picture do I want someone to explain it to me? Well, it's not the story's not getting explained at all. Okay, all right. But it's like what you're actually doing in the game. Okay, let's hear it. I finally understand what the fuck is going on. Here's the thing. It can be all too easy to lose sight of a universal truth. Every game starts as a simple concept. That's true of every single video game in the industry. Yes, even those with Hideo Kojima at the helm. To understand Death Stranding, the intent behind its narrative, and the type of game that it is trying to be, you need to forget about the BBs, BTs, and strangely captivating urination systems. Forget the famous faces with unfamiliar voices and the whirlwind of conflicting science fiction tropes wrestling for your attention at any one given moment in time. 
Hideo Kojima has long attempted, parentheses, somewhat unsuccessfully, to explain that Death Stranding was a game about connection, and it has taken a new behind-closed-doors demonstration finally to give me a clear idea of the intent behind his labored explanations. And I'm jumping around this preview. I'm pulling graphs because I want you to go read it. The thing that really stood out to me was just how simple the game is at its core. Death Stranding is a game about walking. As Sam Porter Bridges, parentheses, or as you probably know, Nordis Reed, Norman Reedus trapped in an uncalib... In, in I like how he's written here, but a normal Reedus. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't tell if that's a typo or not. Uh, you are tasked with walking from the east coast of America to the west, reactivating various communication nodes along the way in an effort to spread a message of hope to a nation that has become fragmented and disconnected, taking the idea of unity to pockets of an isolated populace that trades in ambivalence. ambivalence. Uh, Sounds to me like Hideo Kojima might have seen a little movie called The Book of Eli. Greg. Oh, did you know? Well, you might have walking from east to west, spreading, uh, spreading, uh, spreading the word. Not really spreading the word. He's dragging a book. You know what I mean? And I don't know. know. Guess what? He's I don't know. Hideo likes his Hollywood movies. Rather than love, that is Death Stranding. So and so, you will walk. You will retrace the steps of Emil- Amelia, Amelie, Amelie, uh, daughter of the President of the United States of America, who embarked on her own east to west journey with a convoy sometime before the game kicks into gear. She did this in an attempt to establish a network of communication relays across the country, a network that could deliver a message of unity from her mother, Bridget, who also happens to be on death's door. That message is that every problem in the world needn't be solved by force. Instead, it is hope that can bring us all together. I like it. I like it a lot. That was a really, I mean, again, hats off to boiling down uh, what everybody's been how trying did, to figure how, did, out. So he got like a... Behind closed doors behind demo closed doors, at, yeah, okay. at Gamescom, yeah. And he's got a lot more in there if you want to go there and read Josh's piece of Games Radar. Again, required reading, where he does talk about the story more. Like, I didn't want to get too much into that in case you don't want no, that. No, no. But yeah, what's actually a little bit more, the other side, all that jazz. But it's a great preview that really does, I think, crystallize. Okay, that's that's the core idea of this game. That's yeah. what's happening. You're not just a UPS man. Got I think it. I think people were expecting Death Stranding because it was a day and it was and it was crowded, uh, 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 shrouded in secrecy for so long that it was going to be some batshit insane, completely like I've never seen anything like this before. When we first saw that first trailer, I was like, oh yeah, like it's it's a third person walking around doing stuff game, and you know that's fine. He's not necessarily going to invent the wheel in terms of gameplay. I think what Hideo does, and it sounds like this is what what Death Stranding is doing, is taking familiar gameplay systems and mechanics that mm-hmm, we're all comfortable mm-hmm. with, adding his own twist on them and then putting it into a story world that is fucking batshit and crazy and I think that's, I'm, I'm totally down for that 100% that's what I want right and I think this is what's been missing I obviously I'm a Hideo Kojima fanboy I was already signed up for this no matter what what's I your favorite Hideo Kojima game uh, Peace Walker okay yeah no, of course. that's the Vita one right yeah no no PSP, PSP. Okay. we came to Vita eventually it eventually okay. got over to right. it was an amazing game we'll talk about it another time okay um yeah, I'm all on board for this, and I don't want to know much more, but I like this idea as the hook of what we are doing as Sam, right? What are we doing in this world? We're walking east to west, all right, or, yeah, east to west, uh, setting up these communication points, trying to do this. What is going on with the other side? Why are we so fragmented? That'll all be revealed as and we play. And it sounds like, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but it sounds like as you activate those beacons, it might actually, I'm just guessing, but might actually change the nature of the game world that you're playing you think, I would think as, so, right? as communities and stuff become more connected. Yeah, I would think right? so too. That could that's, be cool. what I, that's what I would draw from yeah. it too. Yeah, yeah. Interesting stuff. I love it. I, Are so, you, so you're this actually got, I was like, I, I went from... When Death Stranding was super secret, I was like, I, "Whatever it is, I'm in. I gotta get. I gotta have. Gotta be in on this." Then when they showed the trailer, I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be just another game, but like cool." Yeah. And then now, but now as I'm hearing more, I'm starting to no, but, but it could actually be really cool. I'm not. It's it's not gonna. It's not gonna be like what the fuck gameplay. It's gonna be gameplay that we again. We all know the basics: walk around, third person view, fight stuff, solve puzzles, solve environmental puzzles. And well, that's t- interesting. You know, how much we do fight. things? I don't yeah, know how much we're well, fighting. We'll see. Though. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Um, uh, but but then for me, you know, the narrative is a big part of it, and I feel like the narrative, obviously. Brilliant 
brilliant cast. It's going to be a crazy story. Um, I like I like the idea of this of him being on a. Uh, a, a mission of hope. Yeah. I think that yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. go destroy something, he's actually trying to bring people together. I, again, I think that's really cool. I think that's that that might be, you know, I think Hideo's always been a little bit political, maybe a lot political. Yeah. And I think that there is a political message in here uh, that particularly America, might. this might talk about things in the zeitgeist. He might 100%. be right there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm interested to see what it's all about. Number two on the road report, something that broke yesterday. We talked a bit about it, but now we have more concrete information from Jason Akataku. Uh, GameStop lays off more than 100 and nearly half of Game Informer. The struggling retail chain GameStop laid off over 100 employees today, both at its corporate headquarters in Grapevine, Texas, and at other offices, including its subsidiary, Game Informer magazine in Minnesota, where nearly half of the editorial staff lost their jobs in a surprise cut. Quote, as part of the previously announced GameStop reboot initiative to transform our business for the future and improve our financial performance, we can confirm a workplace reduction was implemented, impacting more than 120 corporate staff positions, representing approximately 14% of our total associate base at our company headquarters, as well as some other offices, a GameStop spokesperson told Kotaku in a statement. Quote, while these changes are difficult, uh, they were necessary to reduce costs and better align the organization with our efforts to optimize the business to meet our future objectives and success factors. We recognize that this is a difficult day for our company and particularly for those associates impacted. We appreciate their dedication and service to GameStop and are committed to supporting them during this time of transition. End quote. This news comes just a few weeks after GameStop laid off dozens of regional managers following a brutal year that saw the company try and then stop trying to sell itself. GameStop's stock has plummeted over the past few years as the retailer continues to struggle to stay afloat in a world where digital distribution has grown to dominate gaming. The layoffs blindsided staff at Game Informer today. Seven of the popular magazine's editors announced on Twitter this afternoon that they had been laid off, including one who said he was on vacation. Parentheses, per Game Informer's masthead, the magazine has 19 full-time editorial staff members. Quote, I'm trying to get things right with my people, Editor-in-Chief Andy McNamara wrote on Twitter. I love Game Informer, its people, and its readers more than any corporation could, and I will address all the issues when I can. But for now, I need to focus on my GI family, end quote. Sad times, tragic, and it is a sign of the times. Um, you know, we've been I've been saying for a for a long time that Game GameStop is a is a moribund company. I think it's only going to get worse for them over time. I mean, that's um, the, I, to, and I mean not to, and I'm not trying to. I, you guys know that we're friends with Game Informer. Andy's hosted the show. Uh, Imran, one of the people who got uh, laid off yesterday, has hosted the show multiple times. Yeah, uh, I'm not dancing on graves by anything, but like in my opinion of what I've been reporting on and seeing and talking every day here on these shows about uh, GameStop, this is not the end. Like it's going game and they're going to come back to Game Informer and eventually end up. Taking no, they more are. People I mean, look, this is. I mean, Game Informer is what? How many print magazines are there left? Yeah, exactly. There's almost nothing left. Yeah. PC Gamer, I think, still exists in print. Game right, Informer Edge, is Edge still doing it? Edge is still around, yeah, but like yeah. in the US, it's almost completely US, yeah, done. No, no, US, no, forget yeah, you're not, about you're not it. Seeing much, um, yeah. So I, yeah, I was yeah, I was mortified when I heard about this yesterday. I think a lot of people didn't even know that, that Game Informer and GameStop were connected. That GameStop owned Game Informer, but used people, to be like, people watch this show now. When, but when you get that, you know, when you when you sign up for GameStop, you get a Game Informer. And that oh, was, I think is how yeah. they kept it afloat that's for a long one of, time. Exactly. That's but one look, of the main game, reasons. Look, they were selling there. physical copies is a dying business. Selling print magazines is a dying business. This isn't a surprise, but it's no less tragic for it. 100%. I was I, this was a gut punch for me because I've been through this. Twenty years ago, I was laid off from my company. I was working on a print magazine. I used to work on PC Gamer, which is still going today sure but i but a year before 
the 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 hammer dropped, I actually left PC Gamer to work on a new launch title, which was much less secure. Yeah. So when the bottom fell out of the the dot com market about twenty years ago, my company lost a lot of money. Yeah. And they closed down a bunch of magazines, including mine. And I still remember the day that they came in and laid everyone off. They bring in these they bring in these HR SWAT teams, kind of like the George Clooney guy from Up in the Air, whose job it is just to go around sacking people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because the companies do the, the the people that make these decisions don't have the courage to come into the office and look these people in the eye. They bring out consultants in to do it yeah. uh, who are specialists in this area so they, they, they sit in their ivory towers and, and, and say go sack these people for me and then they bring in these third party consultants who come in and sack people and I remember I still remember they brought us all into this conference room and they start laying out the Cobra health insurance uh, yeah. forms yeah. and it's kind of a double insult it's like not only not only have you lost your job you've now lost your free health insurance which went with your job oh and by the way here's how you can sign up for really expensive health insurance that you can no longer afford because we just we just fired you yeah. it's a real insult and i remember being so annoyed that all these people that had worked so hard to make this new magazine which was just getting on on its feet that we were now all being sacked and this was happening at multiple other magazines around the organization like whole whole chunks of the company were being were being cut loose and dozens and dozens of people were losing their job including me i'd worked there for many many years yeah. uh, and you just you just feel totally worthless like you don't you just don't need me anymore like i'm just i'm you're just throwing me in the trash and they were talking about cobra health insurance and you know these people are very trained to be compassionate because they know people are having a really hard day but i just fucking stood up and walked out i couldn't it was too humiliating i just left i yeah. just i just i fucking don drape it out of the meeting I just couldn't do it, yeah. and it's and it's tragic, and it's and it's heartbreaking. Uh, I, I, one of the things I love about um, uh, when this happens is that other people in the games industry all rally round. They start saying, "Hey, this person is great." You know, other companies, "Hey, we're hiring. Come talk to us." And a lot of people do get scooped up. A point that was made, uh, someone on my Twitch channel last night pointed this out, and I, I, I didn't think about it until now because they're in Minnesota. It's doubly hard. Sure. If you were here in the Bay Area or in LA or something, there's a good chance you could get scooped up by another company. But like Minnesota, there's in terms of the games business, there's nothing else out there. So if anyone is gonna it, it, people people that lost their jobs who live in live in Minnesota nowhere, are now gonna have quotes. to either leave the business and find an, a job somewhere else in another business, which I'm sure is not what they want. They love games, yeah. Or pick up and move and go go move to Austin or Seattle or San Francisco or LA or something. Well, I mean, it's gonna be terrible. Too, I mean, like, I mean, I don't think you need to uh, hypothesize too much or pontificate too much on this. Is the fact that as Game Informer loses these heads, right? It is not like IGN or GameSpot or etc.com or publication for that matter has five open heads p sitting around, right? You're looking at a landscape where more people than ever are doing what we do and what people do and having podcasts and news sites and uh, opinion pieces, right? But so many of them are running on freelancer budgets. So many of them are running on, we're all working together to hopefully one day make it to an IGN to do a GameSpot. When you see this number of jobs go away from Game Informer, you have to wonder, yeah, Sure, some of those people are going to end up other places, but and in, where and does in, everybody and, end up going? And in a business in which print magazines have been folding for years now, because you know you motherfuckers have come in and, eat, and eaten uh, their lunch with your online right. bullshit. Um, I game game people will say, oh yeah, but Game Informer, like that's the rock, like that that's kind of that'll always be around. No way. I no, mean, that, no, I've been arguing no one that is immune. as soon as this GameStop stuff started, that was when I was like, uh oh. Yeah. And that's my thing is like, again, if you haven't been following Games Daily, if you're just tuning in for the first time because you heard we're going to talk about Space Rocks, welcome. Um, the thing with GameStop going into this restructuring phase, right, trying to figure it out, the GameStop reboot initiative, spoiler alert for what that looks like at the end. It's way fewer GameStops. It's a way more focused GameStop on their retail brick and mortar business mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to get you in the store. And I do not think Game Informer, as we know it, is part of that. 
I, I've been Game Informer, and this is, I love Game Informer, as I've said it here before. Don't get me wrong. I, uh, I subscribe still to this day. Um, Andy, I've been the show, blah, 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 blah. Game Informer's power was the fact that it was in the stores, right? That it was in this many stores, so you had this many subscribers, so that you had everybody who's using the EB Edge card, which isn't what it's called anymore. But you're in there, you're getting it. That's why I think you saw them break so much with cover stories, right? Because it was the idea of, like, you're going to be in stores. It's always an event when GI announces a new cover. As they try to reboot GameStop and figure this thing out, I think they're going to keep looking over there and keep taking people away. And I wouldn't be surprised with the amount of freelancers you have at large I mean, right now to bring GameStop Game Informer down if you even wanted to keep it to a pamphlet a 14 page once a month newsletter I mean Andy Mack and the guys that are left they now have to figure out how to keep putting out the same products with half of the people of course, that they have. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. magazine's obviously going to suffer um, this isn't the end you know th- this is a tourniquet but the body is still bleeding out yeah. GameStop's going to be gone in fact I was, I, I, less than five years there will no be there'll be no more there'll be, it'll be blockbuster it'll be gone sure. Captain Marvel 2 should be crashing into a, into a GameStop and you'll go oh this must be the this must be the end of the the, 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 the teen years yeah, when yeah, yeah. you know when GameStop went away yeah um, and it's really sad and I, and I I don't know maybe I'm just being an old man here part of, actually a little bit a part of my pack speech is how much game magazines meant to me when I was a kid sure. and this is one of the last ones left I'm, I, I, you know, the idea of like flipping through a video game magazine I mean, it's a sign of that you know. To think times move on, but this—it's uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm like yesterday's man. But how man great was that? Though? Hanging on to today. Dude, I remember every when they. What do you grow up on? Nintendo EGM. Power, EGM. I was an EGM dude, and yeah. so every month when it would get to that, like, oh, it should be drop. It should be coming this week. Running down to the mailbox, I like, yeah. had a long ass driveway, going to the end of it, checking it, and then when you'd get it, and it was like, remember EGM for a while there was just kicking ass. It was like oh, that yeah, big, big. Yeah. It was like, and it was just like we have 320 pages. Yeah, like, PC oh Gamer used yes. to be like 500 pages in the boot in the boom times 20 years ago. Sure. But now, but you know, and we still, and we have the online, we have the websites, we have the YouTube, we have kind of funny. And see, that's and the that's interesting thing of like you. You bring up a fascinating question of what Game Informer will become with half of the people, right? I think a big thing they must be looking at, I would assume. I'm and I'm talking out my ass here. I've obviously had no conversations with anybody. Is are they getting ready to sunset the dot com? How does GameInformer.com do, right? Because that's where the majority of what I mean, how much of a how much of a presence do they have as a website? Is it a big thing? Yeah, I mean, well, you see, that's why that's who. When I think of Imran, right, he's the news guy from GI. He is a .dot com person. I'm sure he's had bylines plenty of times in the magazine, but it's your he's his thing is hey, I'm making stuff for the .dot com. So if you're pulling people like that back, are you trying to sunset the .dot com or just bring it down to just be a portal for whatever Maybe, the magazine? Maybe well, I'm not a businessman. I don't know, but it used to be right if you were a part of GameStop's club or whatever it yeah, was yeah. you got you got game informer for free that's right still the plan maybe, still but, the but plan. maybe the maybe the plan is and this is increasingly close the print magazine put all your chips on the online site put it behind a paywall and have that be the thing that you get when you join the i don't know i'm not i'm, I know, I'm not I a businessman i'm just trying to think you know it's like try everything you know it's like you know desperately trying to keep the patient alive on the table yeah, yeah. um I just don't know, but I mean, this is far you, from the last thing you're. No, gonna that's hear the from thing. GameStop's if you work at Ga- if you work at Game Informer, if you work at GameStop, like you've got to be bracing yourself for the next round of this because these things do happen in rounds. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, oh shit, that wasn't enough. Where's the patient still? I mean, dying. that's what they talk about here, right? This is the second round. Yeah, there's so small. Yeah, and there'll be more. It's, it's be really sad. And my heart goes out to everyone affected. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a, a situation to keep your eye on, and, and obviously a lot of love out to the Game Informer people. Uh, the Virtual Boy wrote in with a question. I think we've covered, but at the end he goes, "On a personal note, as a fan of the Game Informer Show podcast and a subscriber to the magazine for many years, it hurts to see these talented people out of work. Hope they find their way back into the games industry. Me too." the virtual boy obviously kind of funny we'll do everything they can to or we can to support uh these people whenever they're coming through the city or if they're around here and all that jazz but ah it's a lot to figure out right now but it is that 
problem that we talk about, right? Of like, this is always the risk when you get bought by a big corporation, right? Or when you're part of a big corporation, right? Like you can do the best work in the world, but eventually when the retail stores with the bread and butter of the business aren't making money, that's when you start. I to feel it. I feel it in my there. business, in every business. Now we're all aware of the fact that, um, you know, we're all out there on the morgue. I always think about like, remember in Clash of the Titans, the movie where like, you know, they're up on Mount Olympus yeah. and the humans, they have them as like little chess pieces on a chessboard, yeah, yeah, little yeah. clay pieces and they move them around and the gods dictate their fates. Yeah. Kind of, I kind of feel like we're the chess pieces, right? We're down there on the mortal plane. We're doing the best we can. Sure. But at the end of the day, our, our real fates are up there in the hands of the gods, the Bob Igers, the Jeff Bezos, yes, uh, you know, the, the Tim Cooks, the people that actually run the run the world. Yeah. And and they and they make their decisions. And, um, you know, we you know, we and they decide our fates. Yeah. And it's that thing of I understand there's never a good time for laughs. There's never a good way to do it. The people who are handing this out and giving the quotes to uh, Jason and Kotaku aren't the ones pulling the trigger and doing the thing. Blah blah. I do take. And I get, and I, I don't want to get defensive. There are friends or whatever. There is a disconnect here, right? Of uh, games, GameStop, uh, uh, dedication and service to GameStop, and and are committed. This is, we are committed. GameStop being committed to supporting them during this time of transition, right? To what you're talking about with Cobra and all that shit. Yeah, that's a pretty stark comparison from their official quote to Imran's Twitter. Big shout outs to corporate for not letting my insurance continue through the end of the month. Right. You know yeah, what it's I mean? All, it's all it's all PR bullshit, Greg. They're not going to say, oh, yeah, we're going to let these people twist in the wind. They'll come up with some... How many times have we used the word word salad? Oh, on the, right. Fucking PR word salad. Yeah. Go to the... Go, go to the did, did he just say that their health insurance doesn't even break, re, re, last until the, the end of the month? month? Yeah. Fuck off. It's the same thing, too, of, uh, you know, there's people... They, they talk, I think Jason mentioned the article, right? One of them was on vacation when he got uh, cut. One of them was at Gamescom. Like, that I can't even wrap my head around, of, like, you're at Gamescom covering it, right? IGN did a round of layoffs. Actually... You came on up at noon that day. I remember, where I was in tears the whole time. We went to lunch and we were all. I devastated. remember. We've all been. We've all been through it, Greg. But you I can't, remember. You can't live in this world. It was right, a, it was right it. after. The, it was the day after the PlayStation Four uh, big announcement conference, and we had like record traffic and everything was amazing. And they laid people off right after it. People were still coming back from New York from the. Thing I have seen so many good people over the last twenty years get shredded by this stuff. It's heartbreaking, and it doesn't get any easy. Like this one's no no less heartbreaking. You don't go, you don't you don't build up an immunity to it, Mm-mm. right? It's just it's 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 just as bad every time. Yep. Let's keep going. What else you got? Number three. I have a dual story here about publishing your games somewhere else. We're going to start with PlayStation. This is Rebecca Valentine over at Games Industry Biz, who did not beat me. Or she, she didn't beat me in the tournament last year. But then, but why did she like, say that she did then? Because what happened was we played the Super Sports Machin. Were you there? I forget last year. Were no. you part of it? We played the Super Sports Machin, right? And what it was is that you had to win the mini game. And so I won the mini game because we were switching controllers after every mini game. But then at the end, it did the global tabulation for like the bunch of the different mini games, and it put her character above mine. And I was but, busy. That, but that means that she won though. No, right? I beat her in the match. Her character, who had already in my character, who had already been fought the time before with other people playing them, that was a different thing. It was like the grand total of points. But what was the official um, uh, like judges? Well, uh, I was the judge, decision. but I was playing and I was celebrating, and then it changed, and I was like, oh, "How I can you play and be a judge?" Well, that's why this year I'm Isn't not that doing it. That's interest? why I'm not doing it this year. Number whatever. Well, as long as Rebecca's not living rent free in your head, Greg, that's the main thing. Yeah, thank God she's not. You know, I'm not worried about her at all. Ah, uh, <laughs> anyways, Rebecca Valentine's games and job is Sony Interactive Entertainment is preparing to launch Robot Entertainment's Ready Set Heroes on the Epic Games Store in Wait, a first where are we? for the publisher. Number three. Okay, publish your game somewhere else is what I call okay, it. Okay, I got it. All right. Uh, Sony's publishing Ready Set Heroes on the Epic Game Store in a first for the publisher. 
The game is currently planned for October 1st launch on both PlayStation 4 and PC, with the PC version getting a store page on the Epic Games Store earlier today. It does not currently have a Steam page. Though not quite what he was referring to yesterday, Sony Interactive Entertainment Worldwide Studios chairman Sean Layden suggested a change in the company's attitude towards third-party platforms, indicating that Sony first-party exclusives may see PC releases in the future. Although Ready Set Heroes doesn't fall into that category of Sony first-party developed game, it is the first time a Sony game has appeared on the Epic Games Store and may signal a future openness to the platform. I was reading a thing yesterday about how game developers now and game publishers, when they decide to go with the Epic Games Store, almost have to get out in front of it. Did oh, you yeah. see this? The Lauren Landing thing. Yeah, the Lauren Landing thing. And they have to issue like a whole public, almost like they have to apologize, they feel like they need to apologize in advance for their game being on the Epic Games Store. Article, yeah, yeah. And it, you know, because, because, because there's, a, there's a certain subset of people out there who have become so reactionary and so and so conspiratorial and so freaked out by the Epic Game Store that any time anyone goes on the Epic Game Store, they they're instantly starting like twenty yards back because they have to deal with all these people going, "Oh, how dare you publish your game on something that isn't Steam? How dare you make a, a business decision uh, based on you know what might be good for your company or because they'll give you more money or whatever?" It's it's it's. It, it, I hope this Epic Game Store thing goes away soon because it it's it's very very silly. To your point, you're talking about the Joshua Riviera article over at Kotaku. Now game developers have to ask fans not to harass them over the Epic Store. So what yeah, is it, what, have, what does it come to, Greg? Uh, Lauren Lanning, of course, friend of the show, a uh, guy who makes Oddworld, uh, tweeted from the Oddworld account. Uh, I would like to address the entire Oddworld community, old and new. You've supported us and our, artist- our artistic vision for years, and we thank you. Oddworld Soulstorm will be coming to PC via the Epic Game Store. The PC and console versions of the game will have a simultaneous release in 2020. What I would like to do is provide you with the reasoning that went into bringing the PC version of Soulstorm to the Epic Game Store as an exclusive, because you deserve to know. We've been, finance, we've been financing uh, Soulstorm 100% ourselves. Stol- Soulstorm is our most ambitious game ever, and we are committed to creating uh, a great game that meets the highest level of quality. But to create that vision, uh, to create the vision of Soulstorm we want, uh, and you deserve, we needed additional financing. Uh, he then it was multiple tweets going on and on about this, not on and on, but you know what I mean, talking more about it, and that's what uh, Mr. Riviera's article here is talking about is going into the fact they need to get out. Has, but, has there ever been a time prior to this in in video games history when companies have needed to come out with what I mean that read almost like an apology for for what is essentially a completely benign business decision because the, because this 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 weird subset of, I don't know, Steam stands? I don't know what we even call them. <laughs> but people are like, how dare you not publish on Steam? How dare you go to the Epic Game Store? Is, 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 is absolutely ridiculous. And I was glad that, I'm as glad that the, to the editorial tone of the Kotaku article took that stance as well, that these people are well, being Gary, very guess childish. guess what? You've stepped on a landmine of content. A landmine of content. We're deviating from the Roper Report, and okay. I'm bringing Legend of Kanto into the mix he or she wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says so this question may be getting a little deep i'm sorry maybe getting into the deep a little but yesterday on the podcast you talked again about the difficulty of communication that respawn faces with their audience and more specifically how it's a lose-lose situation this is the ass hats thing yeah, that yeah came out yeah and then vince's apology but it, right. it, it, it's all about communication so stick with me however destiny 2 director luke smith recently released a three-part director's cut that addressed many parts of the game both past and future in great detail as far as I can tell, this has been met with a great deal of discussion, but one that's mainly level-headed and understanding, which, as we all know, is very rare on the internet. My question is, are games as a service, and I'm expanding this to games in general with the Lauren Landing stuff and Epic Games, uh, required to have giant dissertation-sized breakdowns to be understood and perhaps forgiven for mistakes? Is it just the frank and open details that made the community pay attention, or did Bungie just get lucky with the community they're holding on to? 
No, Bungie didn't get lucky, and I want to bring this back to the Lauren thing. I think it's what you nail it here, Legend of Kanto. Is it just the frank and open details that make the community pay attention? It's coming forth with reasoning, level-headed reasoning, and explaining. Yes, this clearly, Lauren talking about this is trying to get in front of, let's not be ooblets, let's not get crucified for this. Obviously, don't shoot your mouth off and be uh, snarky about it, but let's also not be quiet about it. It's what I talked about yesterday in the episode, right? Of We did a whole thing yesterday about the Apex stuff, but in general, that we're in this, I know it sounds and feels like we've been here forever. We are in this brand new time where everyone has a voice and everyone's voices are literally being heard and it's so hard that we need to figure out how to talk to each other. And I think Luke Smith's giant three-part director's cut that like went into such excruciating detail on this in a good way, uh, Lauren Lanning getting in front of this while it may read like an apology is a great thing because it is... It's when the decision is made, when it's just an announcement of, we're an Epic Store exclusive, everybody, yay! And that's when people are like, why? You know all the reasons we don't want you to be an Epic Store exclusive. Why would you do this? The more you have people explaining the decisions, because I feel like for the longest time, and if you want to get to bigger corporations, bigger publishers, bigger developers, people who have more of their Bob Igers at the top making sure you can't talk about things, Video games and the business of video games have been a behind behind closed doors cloak and dagger you don't necessarily understand. And when the shit hits the fan, most of the time, right, people are quiet about it or they give the world word salad response. So to bring something out and back to Lauren here that some people are going to consider bad news, you think is great news, to come out and give a long explanation of why you want to do this. Hey, we funded this game. We want to make money on it because we need to pay our employees. Yeah. We need and to Epic are just offering us better business terms. Like, oh. Isn't that, I mean, they're in business. These are business people. I think people are kind of funny know that I'm not like some corporate shill. I'm on here telling major corporations to go fuck themselves every week. But this is just a, this is just a sensible business decision. And my question to you, Greg, is as much as, I, as, much as we all agree that that, that companies can often uh, benefit from better communication. Um, here's Lorne getting out in front of it with you know a, a long explanation. Is it going to do any good? Because the, yes. the, the people that are foaming at the mouths, is, is a rational explanation really going to placate them? Not, not the majority of them, but it's not. This isn't a... We're never going to have the endgame battle where we it's <laughs> Captain America running into Thanos and then it's over at the end of it. Like, this is a... War of attrition. This is a death by a thousand cuts. It's what you said, right? How long can this go on before this is normal? Every time somebody comes out and it, and it either says they're an Epic Game Store exclusive or explains their actions, it becomes less and less of a thing. Every time Epic adds a feature that people are saying they don't have, it becomes less and less of a thing. So the fact that, yes, when we get here next year, it will not be a news story when somebody says, I'm an Epic Game Store exclusive. Do you think this is all just blow over? It won't blow over as much as it'll become the new normal. Right. Uh, nobody likes hearing this, I know. Like The people who are fired up about this don't like hearing about this, I understand. But it's just the fact that this is how, as you said, business, the business of video games happens. And I understand that, you, that people don't like that answer, that this isn't the way it's been forever, it shouldn't be this way, it's the way it is now. And this is not going to stop. As long as Epic has all this money to throw at people, and, I, and I, that sounds bad, as long as Epic has all this money to make partnerships that make games better, that make developers more secure, that make people go on. Like, we did this awesome panel. And I, I, I think they recorded them. I think we're going to try to get them up on Patreon eventually. Awesome panel with Nathan Vela from Cappy Games, right? Mm-hmm. And Nathan, of course, old as dirt. He's been around making video games forever. And so talking to him about how the indie landscape has changed, talking about how every, everything's gone on, the thing he said, right, is that we were talking, I think, about Game Pass, but then it got into Epic Games Store, and it got into just basically having exclusivity deals, right? And he's like, the thing gamers don't understand, right, is that it is so hard to be a successful video game studio, and that if you can make a deal that makes your video game studio stay around, make the deal. 
More studios is a good thing. Going out and mortgaging your house and losing everything and fucking up your whole life because your game got buried on a page that nobody knew it was out. It didn't review as well as you thought it would, et cetera, and so on. That's the bad deal. Don't do that. If you can mm-hmm. take bird in the hand, take bird in the hand and make it happen. And again, that's the brash business, you know, how it has to be and how it has to work. We all want it to be that somebody in their garage makes an amazing game and they release it on every platform and everything's great and every, they find, that's not how it ha- is going to be sometimes. I mean, this, I mean, the crazy thing about it is, and this is, I imagine, a difficult thing to calculate, but when uh, Ooblitz or Oddworld or whoever decides to go on the Epic Game Store, again, they, they have very hard information. Like, okay, well, if we go on Steam, Steam will give us this much. If we go on Epic, Epic will give us this much. And, and, that, and that, that could equal millions of dollars more. Okay, so that's good. Let's go to Epic. Yeah. But now you also have the fuzzy math of, but if we go on the Epic Store, how many gamers are we going to lose from these fucking ex- extreme views do you people want to, that won't, do you, won't go on won't, won't ever touch that store here's my thing though is i think that even and i know and i'm not at all trying to kick beehives today guys and i know that there are people oh, you, i mean are, it's happening it's right the now internet. It it's happening matter. right now it doesn't matter it doesn't matter so many more people know about ooblets right yeah, now yeah yeah that, uh, yeah that was I, I would not have advised them to put out those uh, that statement the way they did and all that jazz they sold so many more copies of Ooblets. So yeah. many people know what yeah. Ooblets is now. And it's, it's the same thing I always, when I bitch about uh, with the old days of season passes, where it would be that people would get so upset about a season pass not explaining all the details, never mind the fact that they weren't the audience for it. You, you know what I mean? Like, you weren't going to buy a season pass for Batman, for Assassin's Creed, whatever, but you heard you didn't like it, or you heard about it and you thought you didn't like it, so you, you yelled about it, right? And like me, who loves Batman or Assassin's Creed, and I trust those developers, I'm going to buy the season pass because I want that content. No, I, I think you're right. right. I think I think one of the weird things about the internet is that everyone's voice gets heard equally, and oftentimes exactly. the people with the, with the most extreme views make the most noise. Yeah. So I think what we're seeing is there's a bit of an echo chamber right now where a lot of the epic, a lot of the people that are throwing their toys out of the pram over the the epic stuff. It's probably a very small number of people. And if you're worried about trying to placate those people on the fringes, who I guarantee you, those are the people that you will never make happy. They're professional malcontents. They, they're only content when they're, when they're, un, when they're unhappy, yeah. when they've got something to complain about. So you'll never please those people. You've just got to do what's right for the game, do what's right for the majority of your audience, do what's right for your business. And, the, and, the, and those people on the fringes that are constantly, constantly complaining, there's no, there's no way you can please them anyway. So you've, you've, just got to, you've just got to follow your best instincts. I think, you know, I try to... When we talk about the video game industry, I often make comparisons to Kind of Funny and Us and stuff. And I know it's not apples to apples, but it's the closest thing it can be. For me, it's the same thing uh, we're talking about. Everybody's voice is equal, right? Whenever I host anything, whenever I get announced to be doing something outside of Kind of Funny, what are the comments? I fucking hate this guy. Who the fuck's Greg Miller? This guy sucks. Yada, yada, yada. Like, those... If you looked at that, you would think that. But the fact that I continue to get those hosting gigs and people really are appreciative of my work and everything keeps building on itself is the same thing we're well, talking are you about. Saying that, are you saying that whenever you leave like the safety of your kind of funny bubble yeah, where yeah, you're yeah. known, people are less less nice about uh, yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Of course. People See, that's why I'm worried about guy. doing PAX because I think a lot of people at PAX might not know who the fuck I am. But that's fine. Like, you're what? You're worried about the Twitch comments? You're worried, like, people in the audience are going to be so totally down to hear the guy who wrote Book of Eli and, yeah, and wrote I Star guess, Wars. Like, I that's fine. But, that, I don't, but, I don't that's like, the, but that's the same thing as we're talking about. Like, that's the thing I, I, I definitely don't want anybody to ever walk away from or go to do. Like, going to an event and doing something is such, it's night and day not even the same because it's what you're talking about. Everyone on the internet has a voice. So when somebody gets announced to be doing something and I don't know who that person is and I tweet who the fuck's this person, it doesn't matter because that core audience knows who that person is. Right. And the people who show up, like for the amount of shit that I get fed and thrown at me on the internet every day in comment sections or on Twitter, right? nobody ever does that in real life. 
Because that's right. not how you would treat someone in real life. Right. I definitely see people, you know what I mean? Like, no one's ever come up to me and been like, hey, I fucking hate you. You're a terrible host. Stop it. No, you want to talk to somebody like that, right? It's something you say on the internet because you have two seconds to voice your displeasure. Yeah, and, 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 you, don't, and you don't have to face the consequences of what you've said. Sure. Yeah. I'm not saying that you're going to punch someone in the face or something, but like that would be awkward and weird. Like, there'd what be, you there'd be a conversation. It's basically, like someone said, "Hey, fuck you," and then just like fucking yeah, running and away. Ran away. <laughs> got you. Anyways, bullshit. What else you got? Bullshit on the internet. Let's go. So I had called this where to publish your games, right? So PlayStation talking more about PC yesterday. Today there's an Epic Game Store game they're going to do. Xbox. Christopher Dring over at GamesIndustry.biz says Microsoft has no plans to release more exclusive Xbox games on other consoles. It comes after the firm announced via Nintendo that it will publish Ori and the Blind Forest Definitive Edition on Switch. The game was previously exclusive to Xbox One and PC. Nintendo and Xbox have been collaborating over the past 12 months, including the introduction of Microsoft's Banjo Kazooie and Nintendo's Super Smash Brothers ultimate nintendo also called out quote our friends at microsoft for supporting the release of cuphead on switch parentheses although microsoft has told GamesIndustry.biz that cuphead was never an exclusive xbox ip and is the property of developer studio mdhr does that mean you can actually see it on playstation one day or do you think microsoft made terms of and say like they don't own it but they but when they agreed to publish it they could have said you can't put this on playstation for so what many i read years. from that what i would read from that is that yeah there's it's not an exclusive xbox ip studio mdhr owns it i would imagine there's a licensing or an right. exclusivity agreement because i don't think that microsoft or sony look i don't think they view nintendo and the switch no, as competition the way they do each other 100 percent. Uh, xbox has also recently acquired a number of studios that have released or will release games on nintendo switch including obsidian double fine and ninja theory however in a statement of gamesindustry.biz microsoft has played down the future releases quote the past year has been an exciting time for us as we have more than doubled the internal creative teams making up Xbox Game Studios. As these new studios transitioned in, we were aware of some existing commitments to other platforms and will honor them. However, going forward, these new studios will focus on making games for our platforms. We have no plans to expand, or I'm sorry, to further expand our exclusive first party games to other consoles. We continue to believe deeply in cross-play and progression of games with the right flexibility for developers to ensure a fair and fun experience. You know, I guess in, way off in the future, can you, can you ever imagine a time where Microsoft went, goes the same way as Sega? Let's say that Satya Nutella sure. one day says, you know what, I don't want to be in the game. Like, just like when, you when, they, when they made the, um, the big uh, uh, CEO switch and Satya Nutella uh, uh, came in as, um, as the new CEO of Microsoft. One of the first things he did, remember at that time, they were building that whole multimedia content business around the Xbox One. Yeah. Oh, we're going to be in TV. We've got Xbox Entertainment Studios. Everyone in Hollywood is making big content deals with Xbox Entertainment Studios. I went over there and pitched stuff. They have these beautiful, flashy offices in Santa Monica. This is all around the time of the launch of the Xbox One. Yeah. And then Satya came in, the new CEO, and went, I don't do any of that, and just shut it all down. Yeah. It, do you think, again, because Microsoft, because Xbox is a part of a bigger company, much bigger company, that if ever it became less profitable or the CEO just said, you know, I don't want to be in the games just shut, just shut Xbox down, they shut it all down, that Microsoft would go the same way as Sega and you could end up seeing like Halo on PlayStation because we don't make we don't make hardware anymore. We're not in that battle. Might, might as well monetize what we have. You want to take Halo, put it on the PlayStation, give us, give us some money? Fuck it. You know, the same way that you know, Sonic, who back in the day, the idea of Sonic being on an... Imagine the console Blasphemy. wars. Imagine the console wars of the 90s. Yeah. If I, if, I, if, I, if I just, like, fucking showed up in a DeLorean and said, hey, Greg, guess what? In 20 years from now, Sonic's going to be on Nintendo. Yeah. You'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Like, who the but fuck are you, British guy? But it happened. Yeah. Who's to say that couldn't happen with Microsoft? Oh, 100%. I, I think as Microsoft continues to push xCloud, 
as they continue to push Game Pass, I can. I think that that's. I think they're still very much in the hardware business. I, I think that that's still their plan. But I do think this next this next generation will test that because if they're going to push through with this, hey, every screen should be our screen thing, and they right. can make it work and they can make it successful. Then yeah, why at some point do you need the box? Yeah, uh, Chad wrote in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says do you believe microsoft when they claim they have no plans to release more xbox exclusives on playstation 4 or more importantly the switch this seems so antithetical to the sort of relationship it seemed they were trying to foster with nintendo over the past year or so um i don't fully believe it we had a what it was a kind of funny.com slash wrong last week we had a thing from was it matt booty chris charlotte somebody had a quote in there of like Oh, yeah, you know, if it makes sense, we'll move things around. We'll do that. I think it's still a moving target. I think that they want to get out in front that, no, we are still an exclusive thing. We are making exclusive games by an Xbox. But I do think that it's you'll see more Xbox yeah, games who knows? Look, I still said, think you're going to see Game Pass on Switch. It could. Look, it could look, at the end of the day, these companies, and I'm not saying this in a bad way. I'm not, I'm not critical of these companies. These companies at the end of the day have one motive. Make money. Increase shareholder value. If yeah. they can do that by putting titles on other platforms, if it makes strategic sense for them to do that, they're going to do it. And again, it's impossible for us to predict because, again, we don't know what goes what goes into those high-level strategic business decisions. There's all kinds of numbers and things that we're not privy to. If it, if it makes financial sense to do it, they'll do it. Mm. Speaking of making financial sense, Greg, what? Mortal Kombat has added a bunch of crazy characters, including the Terminator and Joker. Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment and NetherRealm Studios today released a new Mortal Kombat 11 trailer revealing the final two guest characters to join the combat pack roster, including the Terminator T-800, featuring the likeness of actor Arnold Schwarzenegger from the upcoming Skydance and Paramount Pictures film Terminator Dark Fate. I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger at Silicon Valley Comic Con this weekend. Did you talk to him? No, he was too far away. $450 for an autograph. Can you believe that? That's a lot. Yeah. Does he need it? No, I don't think he does. Alongside one of the most iconic and recognizable DC supervillains, the Joker. Uh, The trailer provides the first look at the release uh, timing for all the upcoming fighters in the Mortal Kombat 11 combat pack, including the Terminator, October 8th early release, uh, Sindel, November 26th release, the Joker, January 28th. Uh, These are all early access to dates I'm reading. Spawn, March 17th, joining classic combatants uh, Shang Tsung and Nightwolf, who are currently available. Uh, we know you know who the Terminator is. You know who the Joker is. I, I, it's always tough in these games, isn't it? Like, how do you how do you make the Terminator beatable? You think like the Terminator would be really hard to beat by most characters, right? Like, how does Sonya Blade fight the fucking Terminator? Well, how does how does Sonya Blade fight Scorpion or any of them? They all got crazy. Like one guy spits acid. Like no, I, don't, I know. I guess it's all. I mean, it's the a, door, Gary. You're no. disbelief. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, look, I mean, they they actually had a bigger version of this problem when they did the Injustice game. Yeah, they had a yeah, Batman totally, fight Superman. Totally, I mean, totally. that's the, cla- the classic. Well, remember they mismatch. had DC versus Mortal Kombat or Mortal Kombat right. versus DC, and that right. was like, what the hell? Right. That doesn't make sense. But they did. It's quite like the idea of seeing the Terminator. You know, I wonder what Joker it's going to be. Uh, it's, it looks like an originalish one. Okay. It, does, it's not, it doesn't look like it's based on. Okay. Anyway. It's not Arkham. It's not Injustice. Not like Joaquin Phoenix or anything. No, no, no. I wish that'd be cool. What's your read on that movie? Movie guys, I'm gonna be going. I'll, I'll 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 tell you what I think when I see it. What do you think? Coward. You're a DC, you're I, a DC guy. Well, guess what? I've been burned a lot. So <laughs> I think the trailers look dope. I like the idea of it. Is it going to be interesting to see a man def- sent into madness? You usually say no, but we all liked falling down, didn't we? We all liked falling down with Michael Douglas, didn't we? Remember falling down with Michael Douglas? Is that what you think this Douglas? is going to be? Yeah. Okay. It's going to be a, a normal guy push past his breaking point. Not normal, obviously, but let's check it out. All right, fine. <laughs> Gary. Speaking of things I can't wait to check out, I love video games. If I wanted to know what video games came to the mom and grab shops today, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Do, 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 
yeah. By the way, you've lost Portillo. He's looking at me. I know, right? Look at this. And he's actually kind of, he's awake for a second. Looking cute. Good job, Porty. Looking young. You know what I mean? Uh, out today. Keep it on him for the whole read. Uh, dynamic weather is back in PUBG. Gift of Farthax. Parthax. Parthax is on Xbox One. Smoot's Summer Games is on Xbox One. Wellington's Victory is on PC and Mac. Is that some British battle? The, the Battle of Wellington? Well, I'm, I, ima- like I, Wellington. I, I, I imagine it is something to do with Sir Arthur Wellesley, the Duke of Wellington. He Thank had you. many victories. I'm not sure which one the game is portraying. Songs of Skydale is on PC. Flip Polygon is on PC. Zag Yex. Zach, Zex, PC. Uh, Ash Asylum, PC. Gods of Havoc, Fall to Earth, PC. Uh, Nubula, PC. And then Steambird's Alliance, PC and Mac. New dates for you. Demo Reborn is bringing music and mystery to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation VR on November 21st. Uh, Un- Kingdom Under Fire 2 is coming in November. No Man's Sky Beyond is getting a physical release in North America on September 10th and uh, Europe uh, the 11th of September. All right, it's it's just stay September 11th. We got it. It's okay. We're all adults here. We can handle it. Path of Exile Bright is getting the expansion is coming out on uh, September 9th. Uh, Luke Riley at IGN reports Daisy has been reclassified MA 15 plus in Australia, closing the books on a tumultuous few months for the game Down Under. This means that Daisy is no longer banned for sale in Australia and will be available to be released at retail for Xbox One and PlayStation 4 later this year as planned. And then Billy the Door wrote in, just in case. Oh, yeah, Billy the Door, he's uh, one of my Twitch, uh, he's in my Twitch chat just in case he wasn't going to shill it. And just in case you weren't going to shill it, he wanted to give the new date. Like, that's Greg, space, what were the chances? Space I wasn't going to shill it. Could be at PAX. <laughs> yeah. Deal of the day for you. For Honor is free right now via Uplay through August 29th. I do want to re- just want to read out the last part. Oh, my apologies. Uh, shout out to Leah for doing such a great job on the design of that box. Fair. That's right. Shout out. Leah was, a, this is not just me. This is a Widow family production. Leah yeah. designed the box. She did the, uh, designed the stickers that go on the, the little thing she sure. personalized this. I heard you put, you put Big, your daughter in some kind of sweatshop. She molded every rock for you. Oh yeah, I've got her working all hours like fucking Bezos. <laughs> uh, reader mail for you. First, let me tell you about our sponsors. We're super long. Remember, we have cool friends. This is our cool interview show. YouTube.com well, we slash kind of funny. Uh, you can get it on podcast services around the globe. And then party mode. Uh, YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. More importantly, it, there's a new one that posts there every Thursday. However, you could go to Patreon.com slash kind of funny games right now. Each and every Wednesday, you get a brand new one. I think it's Borderlands 2 today. Andy! 3. Borderlands 3. I'll never get that right for some reason. I got to figure that out. Andy's marching in the room. I'll have an answer for you in a second, I think. Maybe. I thought I heard... I, I didn't, he yelled something. Borderlands 3, a new party mode on Patreon today? Yes. Perfect. Yeah, the, uh, uh, well, Mike's not probably on. It's, but, it's uh, on now, I think. The, he did the button. The new Proving Grounds. Oh, the new Endgame stuff. Yeah. Oh, we got to promote that. The Endgame stuff. That video went up today. Last week's is a start of an adventure. And then next week's will be the continuation of wow. the start of last week's Look adventure. Look at you. But we have to put Proving Grounds in the middle so that... Embargo. Like, well, yeah, it's like the hotter thing, you know. Sure, yeah. Hey, Porty. Let me see what reader mail I want to toss to you here. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Legend of Kanto. This is where I had their question. I was, it was pretty. It was, that was a great one earlier. You know what? Let's end on a good note. There's been a lot of, not sour news, but bad news, all right? This is TJ telling you why you should believe the best friend stuff and actually come to live meet and greets. TJ wrote in to patreon.com slash games and says, not necessarily a question, but a thank you. I was at the Sunday CNE meet and greet, and I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, the saying, never meet your heroes, couldn't be more wrong when talking about the day. I was extremely nervous getting to meet you guys, since I've probably spent thousands of hours at this point listening to you talk. I'll never forget Greg approaching me to say hello and not vice versa. It 
completely caught me off guard, but is something that I'll always remember as a defining moment in my love for everything kind of funny. Andy remembering my name three to four hours after I initially met him is something I'll never forget as well. Getting to talk to him about Outer Wilds, me playing it because of his recommendation, and it now being my game of the year was worth the price of admission alone. You guys are truly best friends, and now I understand why that moniker means so much. After a few anxious minutes, I felt right at home hanging out with you guys, and I could have stayed there all day shooting the shit about nerdy stuff. Totally awesome. I didn't get to talk to Tim as much because he was busy doing his thing with a group of people, but I could tell the passion and love for the fans was absolutely still there with him. Much loved him. To anyone who is nervous about attending one of these, especially Sola, which is what I did, just just forget about it and go. Uh, the guys and the best friends will not let you down. Thank you, Greg, Andy, and Tim, and everyone else at Kind of Funny for everything they do. Hashtag Greg doesn't suck. Yeah, I know all you guys well enough to, to know that I, it's impossible for, for me to imagine a friend or a fan or even some, okay, a meet and greet, certainly, but even if someone just came up to you on the street, the, the idea of them having a bad interaction with you sure. is, 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 is inconceivable. More important to me is the fact that I think TJ says what so many I know people have said about, oh, I'd love to go to a prom or I'd love to go to meet and greet. I don't know anybody. It is that idea that when you go there, you are around hundreds of people that have the exact same interests as you. Is it, let me ask you this. Is it, uh, it, would it be possible? Let's say that you were having like a nice dinner with Jen in a nice restaurant sure. one evening. And like, it's the sort of thing where you don't really want to be interrupted. But someone comes over and says, like, I hate to interrupt, but I'm a big fan or whatever. Is there ever a case where you'd be like, you know what? Let's not do this right now. I don't want to take a picture. Like, you, would all, you would always make time yeah. for them. Yeah. I think, I mean, uh, and that's a very romantic scenario yeah. you're saying, right? I hope it would be the handshake, the photo. All right, have a nice time and go, right? Not they pull up another chair and sit oh, down. Yeah, and start join eating. us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, of course not. Like, that's right. what, I mean, it's... Uh, it's but a pretty, 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 plenty of celebs do that. I, I saw, yeah, because they're celebs. We're not. We're just internet people. You are. You're, about no, you're a celeb. No, I'm not. Uh, it's the honor and privilege of my life to be part of your life, and I understand how that relationship is. So, no, if you ever see me, come say hi to me. See, that's what I always talk. I talk about this all the time. I tell people, come say. If you see me, say hi. I hate the tweet afterwards. I saw you, but I was too intimidated to say anything. Fucking come say hi, and then I'll do it. Where I'll see. Like I saw. Um, Steve, the guy who's founded Silicon Valley, Steve Wozniak. Yep, thank you very much. I saw him at the airport one day. Yeah, and I tweeted like, "Holy shit, Steve Wozniak just walked by me in the lounge." I wanted to say something. Everybody's like, "You should have." I'm like, "I don't know his rules." You know what right. I mean? There are plenty of people who no, don't. No, you would have had a good. You, he would have been, been fine. Okay. I once, I went uh, a few years ago. I heard that Steve Wozniak was was standing in line outside an Apple store for the new iPhone because that's what he does. He stands in line with everyone else. Yeah. Man and I people. drove fucking an hour and a half to Los Gatos to meet him. Yeah. And I and I and, my, and he was he was an absolute superstar. He was awesome. I, totally. He was talking to everyone. See, I've had it the other way where I've talked to I've, to stop somebody and it didn't go well. So I'm like, well, you know what? Uh, I'll play yeah. it safe. Yeah. Johnny Samsonitis today squad up. He wants to thank you for IRL stuff. You can find him on Twitter at Swan. Swanja, S-W-A-N-J-A-311 on Twitter. Uh, greeting Gregarious Duo. Yeah, see what did there? Mm, very good. Uh, a few months ago, I wrote in asking for any KFBFs who were interested in starting a podcast. I was hoping to get at least a couple interested people and was amazed when I got about 20 messages. Unfortunately, I had to narrow it down to six of us here in the Twin Cities area. After months of planning and organizing, we have started a podcast called the Mostly Normal Gamers Podcast. We're available on all things, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. If any KFBFs out there are looking for more content, give us a listen. We would love to hear from you as we're new to this and looking for ways to improve. Also, thanks to you, Greg, and the Kind of Funny crew for giving me a platform to make all of this possible. Thank you, Johnny, for being a great best How friend. How do you find it? Do you just type the name of the podcast into your t- search engine or whatever? Yeah, mostly okay. normal gamers podcast. You'd come right. up with it. Gary, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. What have we screwed up? Oh, God. Rebecca Valentine writes in and says, wasn't oh, no. able to watch live today, but someone tipped me off that there was some throwdown or something about the kind of funny tournament, and I just want to correct 
any assumptions that uh-huh. I can't kick okay. Greg's butt. I can't kick Greg's butt at a video game two years running. I'm not sure if she screwed up the insult to me or if she's trying to be nice because she didn't beat me, but I digress. It doesn't matter. Well, Don't the worry. fact that she's saying she can't do it two years running does suggest that she ah, did it last she's year. She's saying she beat me last year. See, she's too smart for me. That's how she gets around me. Um... That's the, that's, no, don't even, that's not even a good, that's a bad one right there. Um, no. Ill Grill Chill says, whoa, it clicked off. Ill Grill Chill says, when speaking about uh, Kanto uh, legend, you said he or she. Though grammatically correct in the older days, it's often more appropriate to say they to include any subset just in case someone doesn't identify as he or she. Sorry if this is a bit much, but just wanted to make sure we're inclusive. Uh, we've talked about this in the show before. I agree with you. The it's problem good. is turning off my J school degree of what it was when I graduated in 2005 right. where yeah. I would lose I you put they when you're referring to a single person so many points lost you are correct it's something I'm working on changing um, um, Zach says Rebecca Valentine did in fact be Greg Miller she knows you're talking shit Greg be prepared I'm not afraid of her um, Ill Grill Chill says here's the Matt Booty quote talking about porting games to other platforms I think the question is less binary sh- about should it be on Switch should it be on PlayStation and more does it make sense for the franchise in other words it is a kind of game where we would w- where it would benefit from network effect of being on a bunch of different platforms or is it the game so yeah basically the, that was him saying it might still happen Oh, okay. Little Girl Chill then says, available today, the NES games for Nintendo online service for the Nintendo. Ooh, okay. Uh, uh, Vice Project Doom and Kung Fu Heroes are available today. All right. Uh, Dragon Quest uh, 11S Definitive Edition. Uh, oh, is Jared a- will like that. Sure he would. It's too bad he's dead. Oh, and <laughs> if, you make, and if you make progress in this uh, demo on the Switch, you can uh, keep it in the full game. Well, once you leave kind of funny, you are just dead to Greg, That's how you? it is. You know what I mean? We fired and him, me. and now he's gone. And That's me. how it is. And, and Kevin. That's yep. right, Kevin. Yep. That's my man over yep. there. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every week to end a variety of platforms. We run you. This is the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Go there. Get the new Borderlands 3 Let's Play right now. Party mode. Uh, of course, you can watch it live. Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. Wait, is Borderlands 3 out now? No, we just have access because we're okay. cool. Uh, you can watch it later. YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. You can listen on podcast services around the globe. Tomorrow, it's going to be me and Andrea. Then we're doing the games cast in the afternoon at 2 p.m. Me, uh, Fran, Andrea, Tim. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. And then Friday, me and Tim to close out your week. Wonderful. Gary? Yes. You're on next week, right? So we'll see. You have one more chance. Yeah, to right before everything. I'm flying up to Seattle for PAX Thursday. Okay. So I will be here. I will be available Wednesday. Okay, okay then. Well, I'm very we'll excited. Do, we'll get one more in. One we'll, more. Do, we'll do like the PAX, you know, lead in. Exactly. And you'll, you'll be there the whole time? PAX. Are you, are you going to be there for the keynote? What time's the keynote? 10 a.m. Friday. No, I believe I'll have just finished the Guild Wars 2 thing. I oh, because you're already doing your shit. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I can really steam it. If you're there, everybody yeah. give me a live recording of him talking shit about me because I want to see what it is. Yeah, All it'll right. be good. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, it's been our pleasure to serve you.